Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. Well, good morning, Journey Church. Let's, uh, let's welcome our uh, Montgomery family, uh, Montgomery campus, our family. Amen. So good to be here with you guys today. Uh, my name is Steve Dufresne, and someone said, I, I thought you had a young pastor, you know. Well, I'm, I'm the older version, you know, and uh, you have every Sunday a taller version and a better looking version. Uh, but I'm honored to be able to be here with you today. You know what I'm excited about? This is Water Baptism Sunday, you know. This is a big deal at Journey Church, right? And before the day's over, 60-some, uh, maybe even more, will join, will be baptized in water. And what I love about water baptism is it's one thing to make your first step and your entrance into Jesus Christ. And it's a big deal, right? That's why we applaud here when someone raises their hands and gives their life to Jesus Christ, because that's a big deal, right? And people are coming uh, to faith in Christ through Journey Church, and we're excited about all that God is doing. But then God begins to speak to us, right? And uh, the Bible in James, I was reading it in my devotions this morning, talks about, there's, he said that there's a, something about being a hearer of the Word of God and then being a doer of the Word of God, right? So now you're starting your journey. And, uh, and then the first thing you hear is you should take your next step and get baptized in water, in obedience to Christ, right? You take your next step, it's a, it's a form of dying to yourself, coming up out of the, uh, out of the water, resurrected to newness and life in Christ. And it's also your declaration. And so we have family here today. We have visiting, visitors here today with us that are here to celebrate this uh, moment as well. But here's what I want you to know. It is important to be a hearer of the Word of God, but to be a doer is the big deal. Because he said, if you're a hearer and a doer, he said, you'll be blessed in your doing. It's one thing to hear, but then you do follow through, you engage, right? And then as you engage and you do, you are blessed in your doing. So I believe, this is what I believe, and I pastored for 38 years, so I, I believe that every time someone goes down the water, when they come up, something special is going to happen this week. Something special is going to happen over the next couple of weeks in their life because you can't follow Christ in obedience and then you actually step in and do it without being blessed because he said you will be blessed in your, say it with me, you will be blessed in your doing. And it doesn't matter, it's beyond, even beyond water baptism, whatever you read the word of God and you know what God's telling you to do and you do it, that action releases blessing. Trust me, it's the word of God, it works. Today I want to take some time and talk to you about the famous, famous last words. And uh, obviously we're going to start with Jesus because his famous last words were three words. And he said on the cross as he was taking his last breath, it is finished. It is finished. You know, we remember in the garden how he suffered a great anguish. There was a spiritual battle of warfare taking place. And uh, he knew what was awaiting him at the cross. And so he prayed like all of us would pray, Lord, if there's any other way that we can do this, let's do it. But not my will, your will be done. And when he accomplished the will of God and he freely went to the cross and he died, his blood was shed. It was shed for our sins. It changed everything for us. So when he uttered the words, it is finished, it changed everything for us. And it means that we put our faith and confidence in him that we are cleansed and washed of all our sins. I don't know about you, but our, my past was ugly. And when, when I, could find, I heard the gospel that Jesus Christ would come and wipe the slate clean, 
That was a, a good deal, right? Jesus came, and he is still faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 11 12 says this. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he'll be satisfied. What does he mean by that? When he looks down even today and he sees this room filled with Jesus' followers, people that put their faith and their confidence in Jesus Christ, when he looks, it puts a smile on his face. He is satisfied. His anguish was worth it all. His death on the cross was worth it all. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make possible for many of us to be counted righteous, for, for we all, for he bared all of our sins. So we're not righteous based upon what we do and all the right things. We're righteous because he made us righteous, putting faith in him. He cleansed our sins and made us righteous. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. It is finished. Now, Billy Graham is someone that we all look up to because he's finished so well, right? And he's a hero. He's a hero of the faith for sure. He struggled with Parkinson's disease. So these are not necessarily his final words because... He wasn't really with it and when he took his last breath. We know what some of his final words were in his last will and testament. But this happened seven, several years before that when they came to him uh, from Charlotte. The city council came to him and said, we want to honor you. That's his hometown, his home city. We want to honor you. And we're going to have a, a luncheon for you. We want you to come and just say a few words. You don't have to say very much. Just come and say a few words. And these are some of the words that he said. And to me, it's maybe, maybe some of his last words that he said. In that moment, he said, he, as he stepped to the podium, he told a story about Albert Einstein. He said, Albert Einstein was once traveling by train from Princeton. When the conductor started coming down the aisle, punching tickets, when he got to Albert Einstein, Albert Einstein started looking in his vest pocket, his coat pocket on the seat, in his briefcase. He couldn't find the ticket, to which the conductor said, Dr. Einstein, everybody knows you. We all know you, and I'm sure you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it, to which he said, thank you. And the conductor kept going down. Just before he passed into, this, into the next car, he turns around and he sees Albert Einstein on his hands and knees looking under the seat. He goes back. He said, Dr. Einstein, I told you it's okay. Don't worry about the ticket. He said, he said to the conductor, sir, he said, I too know my name. What I don't know is where I'm going. <laughs> to which Billy Graham said, see the suit I'm wearing today? It's a brand new suit. My family told me I've gotten a little sloppy in my old age, so I went out and bought a new suit for this event. And for one more event, he said, you know what that event is, right? He said, I'm going to be buried in this suit. He said, but when you hear that Billy Grant is dead and gone, he said, don't think about the suit. He said, remember this, I know who I am, and I know where I'm going. Wouldn't those be great last words? I know who I am, and I know where I'm going. Say it with me. I know who I am, and I know where I'm going. A famous writer and pastor named Tim Keller, and many of you have read some of his books, passed away this past May of 2023, and he died after a three-year battle with pancreatic cancer. He was 72 years old, much, much too young. But here's what he said. I love it, what he said. He said, there's no downside to me leaving, not in the slightest. There's no downside. I mean, when you understand, you're going to a better place. Now, maybe you think about, you know, I wish I could be around for this or that, see this event in my life. But there's no downside to me leaving, not in the slightest. Now, the Apostle Paul is who I want to focus on today in a verse that he's, his last words. He lived this complex, really complicated life. I mean, he, he recorded and written for us a lot of the New Testament but his life was pretty, pretty difficult. In fact, here's what he said about his life, He's, some of the things that happened. He said, I've been flogged five times with the Jews, 39 lashes, beaten by Roman rods 
three times and pummeled with rocks once. I've been shipwrecked three times and immersed in the open sea for a night and a day. He said, I fended off robbers, and here, here's where it gets real. I struggled with friends. I struggled with foes. And here it is. I've been betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery and hard labor, many a long and, and lonely nights without sleep. He said, many a missed meal, blasted by the cold, naked to the weather. And then he gives us his famous last words. Here we go, 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I have kept the faith. So let's break that down. Number one, I have fought a good fight. It's not just any fight. It's got to be the right fight. It's got to be a good fight. He said, I fought the good fight. Now you have to remember at this time that the Apostle Paul is chained with a Roman guard. And he could have focused his life at this moment on how he was unfairly treated, and he was in prison for nothing more than preaching the gospel, that he didn't have a fair trial. He was a Roman citizen, and he's in prison, chained to this Roman guard. But because he kept the main thing, the main thing, he kept the main fight, the fight that he was talking about, which was a fight for souls. He fought for souls. He fought for people to come to know Jesus Christ. And because he fought the right, good fight, he was able to speak to these Roman guards and most of them, the scripture says later on, they knew that he was wrongfully accused and he was in prison for nothing more than preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. And in fact, the Bible tells us that many of those Roman guards gave their lives to Jesus Christ. When you make the, keep the main fight, the main fight, you see some great harvest in your life. But I got to tell you, I've been guilty at times of fighting the wrong kind of fights. When I was in seventh grade, I was on a school bus <clears throat> And this big eighth grader, because I was a short kid, this big eighth grader said to me, when we get off the bus, I'm going to beat you up. So I got off the bus first, and the only thing I could think of doing was charging him when he got off the bus. So I charged him and pushed him in the back end of a car. He got up and walked home. The next day, he walks on the school bus. He's got a cast on his arm. I'm thinking, oh, my heavens, did I do that? But then I immediately thought, well, he didn't tell his parents. My parents never found out. And he's not going to mess with me anymore, so I guess it's a good fight. <laughs> uh, not, not really. But I, I've been guilty of some crazy fights. I mean, one, I told you that I was a pastor for 38 years at Morningstar, and one time I got involved in a video game fight. I don't even play video games, never played video games. I got in a video game fight, and, 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 and a mom saw this video up in the room where the kids were. We used to have a bank of TVs, and she saw this video game. And, and because she was always finding stuff wrong with Morningstar, this is where I got my attitude, and I'm like, I'm fighting this. I'm fighting this. So I got the elders together, and we met with the youth pastor. I said, show us how you're playing that game. And all the elders, we thought, well, this is not a big deal. So we, we gave it the Morningstar approval, but that wasn't going to satisfy this lady. She, she was not happy with hearing about that. And so one day, Liz comes into my office. It's, we're getting ready to go on a 12-day cruise, and she comes into my office. She said, honey, are you going to die on this hill? To which I said, Yes. Now, at that point, she could have been, it was true. She could have said, you're an idiot, and walked out. But she didn't say that. She said something that made me actually think. She said, honey, I hope we don't come back to a bigger mess. And that got my attention. So she left, and she turned and walked out. And I started thinking, is this really a fight worth fighting? And, of course, it was a stupid fight, right? And so I called the youth pastor, and I said, get rid of the game. And that was the end of that fight. So I'm guilty sometimes of not fighting the right kind of fight. So today, I want you to think about what you're facing, what you're going through, and ask yourself, is this the right 
fight? Is this the right fight that I'm taking on in my life? Uh, I have fought a good fight. Many have read the uh, scriptures, and, 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 and even at Journey, we've talked about this epic battle between, between Moses and Pharaoh, right? Because I want to show you what the right kind of fight looks like. And we notice the ten plagues, right? And uh, God calls Moses at 80 years of age. Listen, it doesn't matter how old you are, you still can be used by God. 80 years of age, God calls Moses and says, I want you to go back to Egypt, and I want you to t- tell Pharaoh, let my people go. But by the way, he's gonna, he's, I'm going to harden his heart, and the, and the battle's going to get fierce. But I want you to go back. And then he gives him the battle, the, the strategy of the battle. This is what the battle looks like. He said, go to Pharaoh and tell him, we're going to take a three-day journey into the wilderness to sacrifice and worship our God. So three-day journey. That was, the, that was the goal. We're going to go three days journey into the wilderness. But by the way, God told him in advance, when this battle takes place and at the end of it, when you finally leave, you're going to leave loaded down with the wealth of Egypt. And sure enough, after that final plague, the Egyptians came to them, gave them silver, gold, gave them the finest fabric of Egypt, gave them food, gave them livestock and animals, and said, get out of here before we all die, right? So that's the end goal. So let's walk through it for a second. So he goes to Pharaoh, and he tells Pharaoh, you know, we, you know, let my people go three days' journey into the wilderness, and, and Pharaoh, of course, says no, and then we've got all the rivers and the streams, the bodies of water are turned to blood, and we've got the plague of the frogs and the gnats and the flies, and Pharaoh finally comes and said, you can go, but you can't go too far. You can go, but you can't do, go too far. And I'm sure already in your journey, you've kind of heard, heard the impression coming from the enemy. You can go, you can go into this, and you can step into this Christianity if you want to, but you can't go all in. It's okay if you have one foot in and one foot out. If you act one way on Sunday and you act another way during the week, it's okay. Just don't go too radical and don't go all in for this. And that's, that's what basically Pharaoh was saying. You can go, but you can't go too far. And so then the battle continues and there's more plagues and there's the plague of the, the deadly plague that kills livestock and there's people are afflicted with boils and Pharaoh comes again. He says, okay, you can go, but who is going with you? And he said, we're taking the young, we're taking the old, we're taking our sons, and we're taking our daughters, we're taking our flocks and our herds, we're taking everything that we own. But Pharaoh said, only the men can go. See, the enemy says, you can go, but you can't take your family. He's always wanting us to compromise. Don't worry about anybody else. Go ahead, you can go all in, just leave everybody else alone. More plagues come, there's hail, there's a locust. Pharaoh relents again, and he says, you can go and worship God, you can even take the old and the young, you can take your family, but you have to leave your livestock and herds behind. He's saying, listen, you can go all in in this Christianity, but you can't take your finances and your resources. Don't start tithing, do all that crazy stuff that they tell you to do at church. He said, you can go, but you can't take your livestock and your herds. And, and basically, Moses is saying, no, the deal is we're taking everything. So there's the final plague. The final plague comes, the most deadly of all, and the uh, oldest, uh, the firstborn in Egypt will die in one night. And... That's what a good fight looks like. We're basically telling the enemy of our souls, we're telling the devil that we are going in all the way. It's not going to be one foot in and one foot out for us. We're not only going all the way in, devil, but we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep fighting to the youngest and the oldest and to our children are in the kingdom of God too. We're taking everything, including our resources with us. All of it is going into the kingdom of God. That's 
what a good fight looks like. I'm going all in on Jesus, and I'm not stopping until everyone in my family is serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm taking all of my stuff too because I don't know what I'll need until I get there to serve God in my giving and in my offering. So today, I'm telling you to fight. Fight for your life. Fight for your family and fight for your faith. And we don't just fight the fights we win. We fight the fights worth fighting for. I have fought a good fight. I'm, I'm sure you read recently about the, the news article about the California school district that paid a mother $100,000 to settle a lawsuit because they were secretly transitioning her 11-year-old daughter. The lawsuit basically accused this middle school of secretly convincing the daughter that she was transgender, and they encouraged her, don't tell your mom. Don't tell your mom, according to the lawsuit. But when the mom found out, she said, I'm going to fight for this. I'm going to keep fighting this fight until I fight and win for my daughter. And by the way, she reversed, and she says, I am a girl. She says, I am a girl. And so sometimes when kids are going through the crazy moments of life, somebody's got to be the adult in the room. Somebody's got to stand up, and somebody's got to fight. We don't just fight the fights. We can win. We fight the fights worth fighting for. I have fought a good fight. Number two, I have stayed the course. I wonder how many times the Apostle Paul came to his breaking point in life because he was human just like us. And we read about some of the things that he went through. But you add that, his struggle for the church because he was a church planner, went to all different regions and he would plant churches. He would, he would see people come to Christ, small group at first, and then he would build a church. And the Bible says that he actually travailed. He talked about this, that he travailed in prayer like a woman giving birth. He travailed in prayer until people found Jesus. And then he kept praying that way until they were mature in Christ. He prayed for them. But the Bible tells us that there were some people that were duped by sin. They started off well. They were duped by sin and they walked away. I wonder how many times his heart was broken by someone that was doing so well, but then they walked away from their faith. And in fact, he said this, you were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? How many times was he crushed by somebody that was duped by sin? How many times was he emotionally running on empty. I think the Apostle Paul was tempted at times just to walk away, to give up and walk away because I know there are times that I've been tempted. There are times that you've been tempted to walk away. But the Apostle Paul said instead at the, at the very nearing of his end of his life, said, I have finished my course. Now you remember The Patriot, right? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I love The Patriot and, and, and I've watched it many, many times. And it's about Kent uh, Captain Benjamin Martin, and he's a, he's a widower, and he's raising a family of seven all on his own. And, 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 the, and the movie describes a breaking point in his life when his second son, Gabriel, is, he, he dies he, in the war. He's, he dies, and, and, and now this, this captain, is, he's filled with grief, and he's filled with disappointment, and, and, he, and, he's, and he's, he's contemplating desertion. He's contemplating walking away from the fight. And even a superior comes to him and says to him these words, stay the course. And Benjamin, in, his, in, his, in all of his pain, he says, I've run my course. And he's a hero among the men. And so the men get on their horses and begin to ride off into the next battle. And, and uh, Benjamin stays behind. And as he stays behind, he picks up the saddlebag of his son, Gabriel. And when he opens it up, there's a war-torn flag that his son has been working. You remember that part of the movie? At campfires every night, he's mending this war-torn flag. And, and all of a sudden, that flag speaks to him of a cause. His son didn't die in vain because his son died for a cause that he believed in, that, that Benjamin believed in too. And so, 
So I love the next scene, the next scene, because I love, I love the wheat fields of America. And in the next scene, you don't see Benjamin riding on a horse, but you do see this, this old glory, this flag just flapping in the wind on a pole. And all of a sudden, he gets beyond the wheat fields, and you see him riding up to the soldiers on a horse. And all of a sudden, he rides up to the, to the soldiers. They all clap, and they all applaud. They're all re- revived and reunited to go into this next battle, to which they win this great battle at the Battle of Calpens. So I've come here today to say anything else to you that you can maybe forget everything else, but remember this today, I'm saying to you, stay the course. When you look yourself in the mirror and you wonder, is it worth it? This battle is so fierce at times. Serving Christ is not easy sometimes. In fact, Jesus said to us clearly in the beginning, in this world you will have trouble, but stick close by me because I'll show you how to overcome those battles. So he he didn't tell us it was going to be a cakewalk. He told us it was going to be a challenge at times. When you look in the mirror, just keep telling yourself, stay the course. I know you're hurting and I know some things in life have not turned out the way you thought they would turn out. Some of the dreams have not come to pass in your life. I know that some of you have been passed over for a promotion that you were well gifted for, but someone gave, they gave it to someone else. They gave it to someone else newer or maybe even younger. Maybe your marriage is just going through the fire right now. And if I was to ask you, how's life? You would say, life stinks. Go ahead if you want to say it. Life stinks. But I'm telling you, even in the midst of life stinking, stay the course, pastor. I'm trying to fight a good fight, but it's not working. It seems like things are going from bad to worse. What's the point? Stay the course. Just stay the course. Stay in the fight and don't walk away from it. Look at this next verse, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. It's so powerful. There's no particular virtue in accepting punishment that we well deserve. But if you're treated badly for good behavior and continue in spite of it or stay the course, he said, and be a good servant. He said, that is what counts with God. Here's what he's saying. If you're in the midst of a battle right now, but you're in the midst of the battle because you're a knucklehead, and you're making wrong choices, and you deserve to go through this. He said that's one thing, but if you're going through a struggle right now because you have determined to do all the right things that God is calling you to do, the things God wants you to do, and you're in that battle, and you stay in that battle in spite of it, he said that's what counts with God. Just stay in the battle. If you're making the wrong choices, turn around and start making the right choices, but make the choices to serve him, and even when it gets tough, Stay the course. Someone say, stay the course. Now, I've, I thought about quitting hundreds of times. I've got to tell you, in my lifetime, I thought about quitting hundreds of times. And a preacher set me free one day because he said this. He said, you can have the luxury to think about quitting when you know you'll never quit. And I know I'll never quit. So I can give myself two hours on Monday morning when life is tough and think about quitting. I think about quitting but I know I'll never quit. You can think about quitting when you know you'll never quit. Just stay the course. And by the way, the course doesn't end until you take your last breath here on earth. And by the way, this is not heaven. Heaven is an awesome place. Heaven, there's no more disappointments. There's no more frustrations. There's no more sickness. There's no more disease. There's no more death. All of that is gone forever. So our life is like an inch on a yardstick. And we had all of that yardstick into eternity to enjoy a life of bliss. But here, this is not heaven. So here it's a real battle, but heaven's going to be worth it. You'll take your last breath here, and you'll take your next breath in heaven. That's how quick that transformation will be. Number three, keep the faith. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I stayed the course, and I have kept the faith. 
Now, keeping the faith, I want you to understand, is not just about you. It's about your family that still doesn't know Jesus. It's about your children watching you as a mom and dad, your faith, how it plays out in day-to-day life. It's about your coworkers, and it's about your church family. See, your church family knows because you've been in a small group, and they know the battle that you're going through. But something happens to them when they see you on Sunday morning with your hands raised, saying, I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. You know what you do? You inspire them. See, people all around this room, sometimes I just look around and I see people going after God, and it inspires me. In fact, Steve Green said it best. He said, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe, and here it is, and the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. Your faith is not just about you. It's about all those that are around you. It's about your coworkers. It's about your kids. It's about others. And you inspire them to believe. I heard a story about a guy named John Green. I just mentioned Steve Green, but this is John Green. And John Green was a student in ministry. He was going to become a chaplain. And his first assignment was to minister and to be with a little boy who had been severely burned in a fire. But this wrecked John. All of a sudden, John started doubting the goodness of God, started doubting the existence of God. God, how could you? And we all rightly do that at times, right? How, God, you're there. You could stop anything. Why? And in the midst of all that doubting, he walked away from his faith. He began to write books. And his most famous books, some of you might know this, is The Fault in Our Stars. The Fault in Our Stars. And that book went on to sell 50 million copies. So now we know this guy is fabulously wealthy, right? He's got everything you think you would want in this world. But he walked away from his faith. And here's the story of his life. Every day he battles depression and severe anxiety. Every single day. He has everything, but he feels so empty inside. 19 years later, as only God can do, he would reconnect with this little boy who's now 22 years old and he is studying to go into the ministry. Here's what he basically said to John. He said, John, I got burned and everyone started serving God. Before this accident, my family never thought about God. And I love this part here. He said, I have these scars but I'm good. I have these scars, but I'm good. I'm going to pray for you, John. I'm going to pray that your faith gets restored. You know this. The devil is after your faith. He's after your faith. He'll throw everything at you that he can to get you to try to walk away from your faith. And you remember that Jesus told Peter one day, Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat. But remember, Peter, I'm praying for you. Remember, church, we have a high priest. His name is Jesus. He's not disengaged somewhere. He's engaged. 
And he's actively interceding and praying for us. We have a high priest that's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He feels the battle that we're going through. He feels the real battle we're going through because he went through every battle himself and yet he never gave in to sin. He's a pure, spotless Lamb of God who tells us today that I am praying for you. Peter, I'm praying your faith won't fail you. I'm praying your faith won't fail you. And when you get to the other side of this test, he said, encourage your brothers. Why do we go through tests? So that we can learn how to persevere and endure. Endure. Go through life with challenges. And yet when we come to the other side, we can inspire others, inspire their faith. I'm praying for you. When you get to the other side of the test, he said, encourage your brothers. Like the, like the apostle Paul said, I have kept the faith. Listen to 2 Timothy 4, 7, one more time from the message. I love this. This is the only race worth running. I love it. I can tell you, after all these years serving Jesus Christ, in a couple weeks I'll be 68 years old. And I can tell you this is the best life. I've had good days. I've had bad days. I know what the Word of God says, that it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. So I'm not exempt from storms in life. It's going to happen. But I can tell you one thing. This is the only race worth running. This is the only race. This is the only He said, I, he said I've run hard right to the finish. Believed all the way. That's what I want it to be. To my last dying breath. That I've run hard. Gave Jesus everything. All the way to the end. And I believed all the way. He said, all that's left now is shouting God's applause. Depend on it. Because the Bible tells us another place, right? He's going to welcome us into heaven. He's going to say, well done, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. He said, depend on it. He's an honest judge. He'll do right not only by me, but everyone eager for his coming. I'm here to tell you, it's going to be worth it all. All the fights, all the struggles, even those moments you feel like you've been betrayed in this life, the disappointments being passed over, all the heartache, it's going to be worth it all. One day we'll step over into that final line and when we see Jesus face to face, we're going to say, it was worth it all. Shout it with me. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Say it. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. So Father, in this moment I speak a blessing over those in Montgomeryville, those watching online and in this room right now. I thank you, Lord, for each of their lives. You know exactly where they're at on their journey today, Lord. And I, I pray, Lord, that something spoken and said, Lord God, will inspi has inspired them to keep going, to keep plowing, to keep moving forward, to keep trusting you. I trust in God, my Savior. I trust in God, my Savior. Breathe strength. Breathe grace. grace. Breathe life into them, I pray today. And may we get to that place and said, I've, 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 I've worked hard to the finish and I believed all the way in you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Would you stand with me? And let's just take a moment and as we bow our heads to give those watching online in Montgomeryville in this room just an opportunity to say, you know, today I'm going to turn it over to Christ. Maybe you came today just because a friend invited you. You came just to watch someone get baptized. But maybe... In your younger years, you had that faith. You had that confidence. But life has blown all that away. You questioned, you doubted, and you walked away. Today is as simple as making the choice to turn. That's what repentance means. And walk to Him. It's that simple. 
All you have to do today is say, here I am, Jesus. Today I choose you. Step into my life. Bring in your forgiveness. Bring in your grace and your mercy. Because today I'm going to walk a life of faith once again. All over this room, if that's you, don't worry. People are praying for you. Would you simply raise your hand and say, Pastor, remember me in prayer today because today's my day. Yes, anyone else? Awesome. Anyone else? Yes, yes. Anyone else? So just as a way of, of helping you today, because really you can say just a simple prayer and God will hear your prayer of faith. But maybe a little encouragement today as we pray together, say this. Jesus, in these closing moments, I decide that you're the one, that you are the Christ and you're the Savior of the world, that you gave your life so I could have life. And today, as much as I know how, I open up my heart and I say to you, Jesus, step into my life. Bring in your forgiveness, bring in your cleansing, and bring in your grace to help me to begin to hear and do the things you want me to do in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.